All right. Part two with our conversation, a very exclusive and important conversation with attorneys Daniel Watkins and Michael Hamilton. Uh, leading, uh, Daniel, are you a part of the Frontline Doctors or? No. No, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Michael is. And um, so I represent the Frontline Doctors, Matt, and I, and for a little while I was their national litigation director. Okay. Um, but I represent them in a case that we have in the Northern District of Alabama. It's a vaccine mandate case. Um, so, but just to clarify that, that I, I ended up taking off the hat of being director because. I was representing them and it, it, it gets a little complicated, but it created an opportunity for the bad guys to say that there was some kind of a conflict. And so oh, we decided no. it'd be better for me just to represent them. Okay. Well, the case that we're talking about now, uh, you're representing more than 400 plaintiffs against Kaiser Permanente uh, for damages for religious discrimination, which we've already talked about. Um, failure to engage in interactive process, which is where we're going to pick up failure to provide reasonable accommodations, retaliation, harassment, and wrongful discharge. Um, failure to engage in interactive process. Elaborate on this particular uh, claim. Sure. So in California, and, and this tracks federal law as well, once a, an employee states a sincerely held religious belief that's in conflict with a work requirement, and then puts the employer on notice of that conflict, the employer has the obligation to then discuss with the employee what can be done to accommodate the religious beliefs. So, for example, if somebody has Shabbat on Saturday night and they can't work Saturday night shift because they go to Shabbat every Saturday, then the employer talks to them and says, what can we do to make sure that, you know, you stay employed? Is there another shift you can cover? Pretty simple. Or if you have to wear a headgear, uh, some type of headpiece, can you do that in the workplace and be safe? And can you, can they accommodate you to wear a headgear? Um, you know, if in fact you have a rule that says you can't wear headgears because you work in a machine shop or something like that, I don't know. So the employer has this duty to figure out what they can accommodate you. So what happened in a lot of these cases, particularly in the hospital settings, where the hospital said, well, we'll go ahead and acknowledge you have a sincerely held belief, but you can't work anymore as a nurse or a tech or uh, anything in relationship to patient care because you're not vaccinated. You're a threat to the patient base. So in in this particular case, all Kaiser terminated most everybody based on their religious beliefs. They never got to a place where they had the conversation that they were supposed to have. They never got to a place where they determined whether a reasonable accommodation could in fact occur. Uh, and they went ahead and terminated people. So those two things, the interactive process, which is a conversation about accommodation, and then the accommodation itself are two separate claims against Kaiser that we're bringing because they just didn't do it at all. They went ahead and went straight to firing people. And that leads us right into harassment. And the harassment, again, goes back to the idea that they sent these questions repeatedly about their faith. What about this? Have you done this? Do you do that? All of these things. Can you get us a letter from a pastor? Who in your church can support your faith? Who in your life can support your faith? I mean, things like that, that are absolutely not required under the law in California. And then to top it off, they used that question answer period. This gets a little nuanced, but they called that the interactive process, the process of vetting your sincerely held religious belief. That's not the interactive process. The interactive process is talking to the employee about how we can accommodate your belief. They didn't do that. 
they they used it to vet it in their mind whether or not someone had a sincerely held belief. This so they, has nothing to do with following any sort of uh, anything. Uh, I, I want to say the rules. This is just basically them dictating. It's our call. You've got nothing to say about this. You will mm-hmm. fall in line or you're going to be filing unemployment. Right. And they had, it, it just goes back to, a little bit to Kaiser and the way they rolled this out and some of the harassment. There were quite a few people that had religious exemptions approved, um, but they had such a haphazard approach to reviewing and analyzing these that many of the people who stated similar faith statements, made similar faith statements, were denied because they didn't have a standard protocol. They didn't have a standard way of doing it. So at least what I expect to find out in discovery is that they really left it to a bunch of individuals who let their own biases and prejudices get in the way. And then our rights were violated because of that, at least the client's rights were. Yeah. Uh, retaliation. It, it's, um, it gets a little bit, it's all along the same lines of they exercise their right to state a religious belief and they were fired for it. So you in California, if you uh, do something you're entitled to do under the law and you're punished for it in adverse employment action, you can bring a claim for retaliation. If the employer requires you to do something that you and you say no and it's against because you believe it's against the law and they fire you, you can bring a claim for retaliation. So it fits in that vein. Uh, but I will say most of these claims, they really all come. It's all the same damages. Um and it's really kind of part of one story. So this, there's one story. They looked at the claim. They said that that's not sincere. They fired everybody and uh, our clients. And so within that story, there's four or five different ways that they were wrong, leading us to the recovery of damages. And then lastly is wrongful discharge. And I think that's self-explanatory. Yeah, this is kind of a catch-all claim. It really, some it's a non-statutory claim just to get real technical all of the previous claims we talked about are straight from the anti-discrimination statute in California was the strong one. That last claim is a public policy claim, which says the same thing. Uh, And just to recap, just in case somebody happens to be hitting this video and they missed the first video, um, this important lawsuit will be filed. It was filed today, correct? Filed tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, the uh, November 1st. Okay. Each of the plaintiffs requested a religious exemption from the defendant's COVID-19 vaccination policy as a reasonable accommodation for their sincerity, or I'm sorry, for their sincerely held religious belief. In response and in violation of the law, each of these employees received a blanket denial of their request. This blanket denial evidences um, an intentional disregard for of their requests and a clear violation of the employee's rights under state law. Um, I read this because I know there's so many other people, but obviously these 400 plus plaintiffs that you're representing, um, I'm obviously dealing with the same thing. Um, and there's just countless employees across in, in so many different lines of work that are considering doing this. Don't know if they have a, a, a any ground to stand on. Um, you're incur- or your words to the people that are on the fence of like, I know we got hosed here. What I, would their well, what would their first step be to do to deal with this if they want to move forward? Well, you need to find an employment law attorney who's willing to take on the fight. But the fight is worth it, in my opinion. And 
we haven't really spent a ton of time reaching out to attorneys in other states on this particular issue uh, because there has been, at least from my experience, um, a supply of attorneys out there. Now, many of them are very busy. uh, But one thing that's happened in the last, let's call it four months or so, is a shift, I think, in the defensive posture of these claims. So, for example, um, you had the case out of uh, Chicago where the hospital brought back 500 people and Liberty Council filed a class action. Great organization they are. Uh, got the people their jobs back. The thing that was significant about that is those 500 people were told they couldn't work because they were a direct threat to the patient population. They now bring them back and have to acknowledge in doing so that they're no longer a threat. And then that, of course, leads to the question of whether they ever were a threat. And you and I know they were not. So you see this shift in 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 things uh, where people are starting to acknowledge that maybe they shouldn't have been the the uh, companies are really realizing maybe they shouldn't have fired people in our some of our cases in the Bay Area and in, in California here we have the employers now offering jobs back to I think in part stop the bleeding on all of the lost income that's growing every day for a year. Um, but also in recognition that there's a shortage of healthcare providers and, and so they need people back. And, um, so we're seeing that like an acceptance of, okay, the unvaccinated can work in a hospital. And so that change in thinking, I think will open up the, the opportunities for attorneys to come after employers for doing this. Because when you look at the building blocks of these cases, they're pretty simple. You must presume the sincerity of the belief, like Michael talked about earlier. Once that's stated and it's in conflict with a work requirement, the employer has to take these steps of finding an accommodation if possible. And what we now know about the COVID shot is that things like masks and testing, although testing is inaccurate, those have been deemed to be adequate safeguards for all work environments. And so if the employer didn't do that and they sent people home saying you're, you're unsafe or if they never even got to the analysis of that, you got a case. And so the building blocks on these cases, although they're discrimination cases and sometimes they get complicated, these cases, I think, um, are really focused in on a couple issues. And what we're finding by God's grace and hopefully it continues to move this way, that the house of cards upon which that COVID shot was built is coming apart. People are realizing it doesn't do what it was supposed to do. They're frustrated that they're being asked to do a second booster. And that's another thing. I'm going long on this answer, but there's a lot that's happening that are going to open up attorneys to take these cases across the state. In California, one of the highest vaccinated states in the country, people are saying no to boosters. They understand now this is not an effective treatment. It does not stop the transmissibility and they're not going to do it. And so we're seeing that kind of resistance, even in this state. So I think you'll see attorneys starting to open up to bring these cases. So find that employment law attorney willing to do it and have them take a look and evaluate the anti-discrimination statutes. And if they want to reach out to us, they can go to our website, declaretruth.us. Declaretruth.us. On the upper right, there's a get help tab. Open that up. And then there's a get legal help regarding mandate cases. If you're an attorney out there and you want to get involved, Reach out to us. We got people all over the place and we'll, we'll be happy to help. And at least with what I've been doing and what I know, and, and we'll, we'll work together and collaborate with any attorney who wants to across the country. So I'm happy to help in that regard um, to um, do that if you can. Everything that you just said prior to getting to uh, 
attorneys reaching out to um, help in the in the battle. All plays we, we saw it last week play out in uh, the New York Supreme Court, mm-hmm. um, and you could only pray that businesses, states, cities would have a soul and repeat that. So on that case, just so everybody knows, that was a pretty technical ruling because what ended up happening there was a public official exceeded his authority in terms of terminating people. But what the court, uh, what's that? They um, no. So in that case, the only authority that that official had was to find those people, not to change the terms and conditions of employment in terms of termination. So he added termination in as a result of saying no to the shot that violated his statutory authority and he couldn't do that. And so the court said, everybody gets their jobs back. But what the court did that I thought was really helpful and nice. It didn't, I don't think ultimately make it this, the, this wasn't the determining factor, but the acknowledgement that the COVID shot didn't work was right. huge. Oh yeah. Huge. I saw that. And so now we have that and you can pull that and use it across the country. And it's a judicial official acknowledging what now anybody who's examined this issue has known for some time. So that's helpful for sure. Getting back to uh, finding an attorney to help you, if mm-hmm. I'm just average person here, uh, and you don't have the financial means, um, is there a way to where if you win, there's a certain percentage? How does that play out? If you just you're just broke right now? Yeah. So the cases here we're taking on a contingency basis. Um, Michael and I and my law partner. We rolled the dice early on when we looked at this and tried to play it out. And the hope was that people would see what we're seeing. You don't need the shot with a 99% chance of you know survival on this thing. You don't need the shot that doesn't stop transmissibility as evidenced or admitted by the CDC and now Fauci and so on. We looked at that and thought, you know, public perception, especially in California, is pretty, pretty heavily in favor of, quote, vaccination. But... We were hopeful that as it played out, people like you would be involved in spreading the news that it doesn't. And podcast after podcast would do that. And we could just get in right now and get people going. And over the year and a year and a half of litigation, public perception would change into our favor. And people would be maybe even be viewed now our clients as heroes for saying no and standing up for their values as opposed to being pariahs. And so I, and I think that that's what's happening. And so we're really hopeful um, that that will continue to move in our favor as we go forward. How can people help fund you? Do you have a, like a give, send, go, or um, what's the other one that they have? Do you have anything that anyone can donate to help? with? with yeah. That? So thank you for asking that. Um, when you go to declaretruth.us, there are several options with the different groups. So we've set up, um, each of our groups are setting up their own give, send, goes. And we link to those locations um, working. Of course, we've hired a bunch of people uh, to help with these cases and we're waiting for the money to come in. So there is one tab where you can help my office and uh, it's got my ugly mug on there. But if you go there, you can support us in any way. All the money that comes in through that link goes to support the logistics involved. None of it's going to my bank account. It goes right to help pay for all the people we've hired all of the computers we've had to buy and all of that. So if people want to help there, that would be outstanding. Um, we would greatly appreciate it, you know. So we've advanced quite a bit just in the hopes that it would all work out. 
And I will just add to that, that Dan is one of the best and godliest men I have met in this journey to fight tyranny. And, um, and so, you know, there's make me cry. I was going to say, we're all going to have a cry faster. Yeah. I, I just, you know, people, people who donate through those links, that money is going to go where, where it needs to go. It's not going to me. It's not going to Dan. Dan didn't hire me. We're in this journey together. And if God allows for there to be a contingency fee at the end, then we'll keep our lights on. But in the meantime, we're, we're in this fight for against evil uh, uh, and and we're gonna we're gonna continue to step where where Jesus tells us to step, and that's what we're gonna do. And um, and when people ask us how can we help, yeah, we need finances. It's true, but first and foremost, pray for us. Pray for our clients. Pray because if you're a praying person, God hears those prayers, and that's the most important thing because God can provide for us. You may say, well, I don't have a lot of money. I mean, I don't have any money. I mean, people are sending us money and they say, here's $13. I'm on disability. I'll give you more next month. God bless you. I'm praying for you. To me, that's huge. Like other people are giving more because they have more. But but this the amount that you give matters far less than the prayer that you pray. So pray for us. You're, you're, you're looking, when you look at Daniel Watkins, you're looking at a man that I would trust with my life and anything that I own. And um, a godly. Echo what you're saying about prayer. Um, there's so many people nowadays on the fence with maybe the, you know, the current state of the world has them getting closer to God, but they're not quite there just yet. Um, we're going through something right now. Well, that stems from everything we're talking about what happened to us uh, on a professional level. Um, man, there's so many prayers and so many people that are, well, Michael, when we first met you, you were among the first group along with Ohio Brett, uh, the resistance chicks, uh, uh, Coy, um, Coy Griffin. Griffin. We all met each other that, that same night. And that was like one of my first signs. And there's been a bunch since. Um, and then getting in line with our new church now and some things that are some seeds that have been planted. I'll, I'll just state, you know, keep it there. You know, it's, it's everything we've been going through. We've really, we've been really, truly blessed to meet people like you. And, and now uh, and, Daniel as well. Right. That's what I mean, both of you. And the people we're meeting at, at, our, at our, our new church that we're going to who are very open about praying for each other and praying for what's going on and us to even opening up about our current situation. Um, there's healing in prayer. There's healing in prayer. When you, when you, when you speak the words out there and when you get with those around you who put their hands on you and pray for you. And I want you guys to know that, that I, I pray blessings over you guys all the time. So, Thank you so much. I, I remember the day we met. <laughs> I remember the day we met. It touched my heart, and I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. I mean. Let me, uh, Therese, in answer to your prayers and many others that have been praying for us, let me just give you evidence that they work. Um, I got a call. One of the things that we'll have to pay for in these cases are depositions. And each deposition could be anywhere from two to three or $4,000. 
and we're looking at anywhere between 100 and 200 depositions. I couldn't even begin to count it, but it's a lot. And um, court reporters are expensive, and they're getting more expensive. So one of the things we've been trying to budget and figure out how we're going to pay for is court reporters. I got a call from a gal, the most one of the most wonderful souls I've met in my life. Uh, she's been around the block. She's been a court reporter for a long time. She's worked for some very uh, high-end individuals in government and other attorneys, and um, she's good at it. And the, the names that she's worked with are impressive. And I thought it was just going to be a call. She's going to pitch her services, maybe a reduced rate. I thought, hey, any rate reduction is great. Let's talk. Get on the phone. I'm, I don't know why I picked her to, to get on the phone with. And in a brief period of time, she bore her soul out, crying her eyes out, saying she's been praying for an opportunity to be involved with the team, to fight this fight. And she will. she's donating all of her time for every deposition that we need in the mandate cases, the remdesivir cases, and now my cases that we're going to be launching on the gender affirmation, she's on for free. Her services just ask that we cover the like the actual paper, things like that. So she's not out of pocket. And Sorry about that. You can hear that. That is out of nowhere, just like God has done for the last year, plunking somebody down in our path, the spirit was moving in her in the most palpable way I could. Uh, we were on a phone call and I could feel it in her heart and I could feel it in the trembling in her voice and in her tears. That's answer to prayer. Mm -hmm. One other case, and then I'll, I could go on and on, but one other case that stands out. So we're representing a young man named Richard against Kaiser for gender affirmation butchery. He's a, he, he has a lot of mental health issues that need, he needs help. And Kaiser exploited him to the tune of $200,000 for the surgeries and treatment. We need experts and experts in this field are few and far between and they're expensive. Yeah, to one and asked, we have a reach out. We talk, she will volunteer her expert witness services for the entirety of the case and we'll treat Richard for free. Wow. That's an answer to prayer. So those are the things that are happening from prayer. And I just want to emphasize Michael's call for it because it is, it's critically important and it gives God a chance to be God. And boy, we want to give him more and more of those opportunities. Exactly. If we have time, if we have time, I want to add one little story. As long as we don't get all choppy here for digital purposes. Sorry. I apologize yeah. for this. Something's going on at our end right now. It's Okay. It seems like they can hear us. So yeah, you can hear us. Go right ahead. It's, yeah. it's a tiny bit choppy, but I can hear you. So we did a press conference in Fresno for the remdesivir murder cases. And we, we obtained permits to be on city property. And we were all set to go into um, the uh, Fresno. It was a Veterans Memorial Museum. And so we were on the outside grounds. They gave us permission to run an extension cord. It was 115 degrees on that morning. And with one hour to go and experts flying in from all around the country, and even people who just wanted to know what we were doing were flying in from many states away just to attend the conference. With one hour to go, we were setting up a tent that we had rented. And a city councilman who was a... a who found out what we were doing and didn't agree with it told us that we were banned from all city property and that he would send the police out to arrest us if we tried to set up. 
a courageous pastor with a small church who had never shut down during all of during all of this yeah. said come and use my come and use my church and we had prayed the night before we said god we know there's going to be problems somebody's going to try to interfere whatever they try to do we just want you to use it for your glory we ended up with a with a host of incredible volunteers we moved everything to the church we got everyone there and we started on time now a number of folks from every from brady on tv to um 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 rfk jr all these folks showed up and one extension cord would never have allowed what we did, but the agitators were wandering around city property looking for us to create problems. None of them found the church. We were in air conditioning and we had enough power and Wi-Fi for everybody. God just upgraded us to his, he said, come to my house. Let's do this. The right there you way. go. And and if somebody's <laughs> on the fence great? and you just think that's coincidence, I'm sorry, that's not yeah, coincidence. That is not, not answering the prayer. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had, I could sit here. In fact, I plan on starting a ministry based on all of the, um, and I'm dead serious about that, um, ministry about all the times he's come into my life. And, you know, I keep saying that I'm not, you know, a Bible thumper or anything. I'm just an average guy that has a belief in God. And I've seen him in my life. And, and to be honest with you, it's so cool to see. You know what I mean? When you it experience you that, it, it when is. that unfolds right in front of your very eyes. Yeah. Not only is it incredible, it is just uh, very cool things to see. And why wouldn't more people be open to that? I think they would be. I think we are among the silent masses. Yeah. I think so, too. The yeah. other side is just louder. They're loaded yep. with hate, and that hate comes with volume. That's right. Um, That's right. I, I think we, the group, the, the, this foursome right here, I think we are among the majority that are just silent, and we know how to behave in public a little bit more. So, sorry to sound in like you're pompous. I hope that doesn't come across as being pompous. I think just when you follow God, you just know how to behave a little bit better. Is that is that odd to say? Not Sometimes, even. but I, I will tell you, there's plenty Sometimes. of people in my life who would say you can dress him out. You can dress him up, but you can't take him out. Right. <laughs> there you go. If there but, is, if there is really, and I say this, I want to hope you really get and believe this. And, and if there is any way that Matt and I can serve the two of you in any fashion, I don't know if you need phone calls on the weekend, whatever you need. Please know that we are here to serve. And however we can be of service to you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. Thank you. Absolutely. And I will put you to the task because I have a never ending list of things. So Uh a very short short list of names to help. You want things done? Ask a busy mom. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Someone with no time at all. They'll make it happen. You guys are amazing. I I love the friendship that has developed out of that first meeting in Ohio. And um, I look forward to being in much more contact with you in the coming days and, and, continuing to walk this path together like you said matt like i expect that this is a lifetime connection thank you very much thank you uh that is going to wrap it up for today Uh, blessings and prayers all over you guys absolutely and uh good luck with taking on kaiser i think you guys are going to come out in the winner's circle and um you guys uh are going to be god's going to put you on blast 
And so you please donate. Go to their website. Yeah. Go what is it? DeclareTruth.us. Fund. You don't need a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Put your five dollars to these gentlemen here who are doing good for God and doing everything for the right reasons. So thank you. Thank you both so over. much. God yeah. bless you both. Our you prayers too. are with you. I can tell you our prayers are with you. What you're doing is so important right now. Thank well, you. we're just uh, trying to get your what you guys are doing is just beyond belief. And um, those those 400 plus plaintiffs are lucky to have you. You guys are a couple of warriors. And prayers for them as well. Yeah. All of them. We, we, we know what they're experiencing. Uh, sadly to say, but we, we can relate to what they're experiencing. So our heart really goes out to them. Anybody watching this video, again, de declare truth.us. That is attorney Daniel Watkins and Michael Hamilton on a special edition of a very tearful but happy tearful freedom ring. Have a good day, guys. Thank you, too. Thank you.